Welcome to the Heal, Rise, Shine podcast, a show about womanhood, empowering women and celebrating each other. Each show, I will bring you a daily live warrior woman who stepped into her passion and light, women like you and me, because we all have an amazing story to tell. Let's heal, rise and shine together. Monday, everybody. I am Anna-Sophie Drost and I will be your host. And we are back on schedule. <laughs> yes, I hope you enjoyed the bonus episode last week and had a wonderful Women's Day celebration. I just know the day was insanely busy, but wonderful and beautiful as well to see all the support happening between women. But of course, this day is just one day of celebration. It's like having your birthday, you know? I mean, you're alive 365 days of the year. But you just celebrate once your birthday. And just like that, we just celebrate once Women's International Day. But of course, here at Heal, Rise, Shine, we celebrate women daily. Because you're just so amazing. And how can we not? How can we not? We should celebrate much more often in life. And we should celebrate our achievements and our just being on this earth much more often in life than just once a year. Let's be honest here. So, <laughs> now, in order to keep celebrating wonderful women, I have the next warrior woman in line for you. And that is Latoya Cooper, the founder and creative mind behind the brand Chick Geek Apparel from Houston, Texas, with a huge southern heart. In this interview, she is going to unpack everything. And I really mean everything. On the one hand, she talks about business. She talks about creating a business, how she found her niche, what is important when thinking about a brand name and mindset, of course. Latoya had a lot of businesses in her life. She is what we call a serial entrepreneur. She had an event business in Japan, a bakery business in the US and now a t-shirt company in the US as well. She served at the US Navy for 11 years as a medical assistant and after the Navy she went back to creative school for design and merchandising and later on worked at IKEA creating showrooms. Yeah, you all know what I'm talking about when you're here, IKEA showrooms. <laughs> she did that. But on the other hand, she will also talk about her life, the good and the very, very bad parts. Because Latoya has an unknown chronic illness which forced her out of her busy dream life and required her to become a totally different person. How she got through it, found new energy to build her business and is able to think with a more calm and positive mind again, she will tell us during this interview. And I hope you're all excited by now. But before we dive in, you can find Latoya on her website chicgeekapparel.com or on her Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Chic Geek Apparel. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Heal Rise Shine. I will link everything in the show notes for you to find so you can stalk her and send her some love. And I think she will be really grateful for that. <laughs> If you enjoy this episode, share it and tag us both so we can share it as well and send you some love and gratitude and let us know what your biggest takeaway was. Now, Let's get into the interview. Hi, dear. Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for asking me to do this. I'm really happy to have you here. <laughs> Did you have a beautiful morning? Um, yeah, I mean, it's like 70, 72 outside, it's a nice day, typical San Diego weather, so <laughs> nothing to do. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice. Cool. Okay, so let's dive right into the interview. Okay. <laughs> With some heavy questions in the beginning, 
So, let's tell you. What does it mean to you to be a woman? Well, I could just speak for myself. How about that? <laughs> what makes me yes. a woman to me? Um, because sometimes I, I think a lot of times I felt like, or just over the years, because I'm, you know, I'm pretty up there. I'm 38. And so typically by this age, people have, you know, kids and all that stuff. And a lot of people place value as, oh, you're you're a woman because you have children. And so then I was always kind of like, all right, so where does that leave me? Because I don't have any. So does that mean I'm not one? So I think that it's more about you as a person. Women in general, I feel like are just strong creatures, kind of because we have to be a lot of times. Because we do, you know, bear children, take care of the home, all that kind of stuff. You do have to have a certain level of strength because you have other people's lives in your hand. But even if you don't have children, I feel like a lot of women just have a natural born strength within them. And so when they get put in certain situations where I'm not going to say men couldn't handle it, but it's just, we have a certain other level of strength and empathy and compassion and all this other stuff that we typically carry around with us in everything. So even when we run our businesses, even when we're in college, even when we're, you know, doing whatever we do, I feel like all of that kind of comes into play. And that's what makes you a woman being able to kind of balance the strength, but also the femininity, the compassion, the empathy for other people, kind of all that blended together, I feel like makes you a woman. And it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with, oh, because you have boobs, you're automatically a woman or, oh, because you can have babies and you're a woman. And if you don't have babies and you're not, I don't think it works that way personally. So I guess that would be my answer. Hopefully that was an answer. (laughs) (laughs) That was wonderful. Thank you very much. (laughs) And would you consider yourself a feminist or not i would say i kind of probably fall in the middle i'm not necessarily a super duper feminist but i also won't say that oh i don't believe that women should get treated in a certain way or whatever i definitely wouldn't say that i feel like i'm kind of in the middle i believe that there definitely needs to be more steps made as far as equality for us and pay equality for us in a lot of areas and not that's not to say because I feel like a lot of people hear feminists and they're oh she's some crazy radical woman and she thinks women it's not always about that um <laughs> because honestly I feel like that there's there's certain things that are meant for us and there's certain things that are meant for men but I don't think that that should be a a factor in okay well you guys are less than us so you should get you know the lower jobs you should get less payment you should get I don't think that that's the case so I'm probably in the middle, I would say. I believe that we definitely need to make more steps towards equality, but I'm not super duper radical. I'm a woman and blah, blah, blah. I am one. I don't need to go around shouting it to everybody. You see me, you know that. But yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> I feel like sometimes you, people go that. overboard with it. And I mean, if that's what you feel, then so be it. But sometimes I think the message get lo- gets lost because people get so focused on the super radical people then the message of what they're trying to say actually is lost sometimes because people automatically discount them because it's like, oh, she's this crazy emotional woman. And so we automatically aren't going to listen to what she has to say. She might have had really good points, but (laughs) they might not get made because people automatically discount her just because of that. So yeah yeah I, I completely feel you i i often get into that <laughs> into that discussion when i express some feelings when i think women are not treated correctly and then some people just shutting off completely when they hear the word feminist exactly screaming and running <laughs> it's nothing bad though <laughs> No, we just want equality. Nothing more. (laughs) So much has been added to the word, so now people have all these negative things when they hear it, and it's not—it's not a negative thing at all. It's not an insult. It's not any of that. But thank you very much. So now let's get to you. Tell me about you. Tell me about your background story. Where you're from? Where you grew up? And everything. Okay, so I am originally from Houston, Texas. That is where I grew up. That's where I spent. 18 years of my life. After I graduated high school, I randomly decided to go to the military. A lot of times when people join the military, it's kind of a planned out thing. It wasn't for me, honestly. (laughs) So there's a a test that we have to take to get into the military or to figure out what your job is going to be and to get in. And so I remember in high school, we had to take 
what I was told was a career aptitude test. Oh, to figure out, you know, what kind of job you want to do <clears throat> after you graduate high school. And one of my teachers told us that if we took the test, we can get a free day off school. So I was like, okay, let's do it. I took the test not knowing it was for the military until the recruiter started calling me after the fact, you know, like, hey, we got your scores. And I'm like, scores for what? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and so from there, it just kind of turned into me talking to recruiters and them telling me about the benefits of the military and how I could go to school for free and how I could travel and blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, that sounds pretty good. And so one day I was just like, Mom, I want to go to the military. And she had to sign all of my stuff because I was still 17 at the time. So I still needed her permission to do it. But and my mom was super for it, which was nice because my mom actually, when she was younger, she wanted to join the military, but then she got married and then she got pregnant with me. So she couldn't. <laughs> and so when I told her I wanted to join, she's like, oh, yay, cool. Um, so, yeah, after I graduated, probably like four or five months later than I joined, I went to the military for boot camp. I was in the military for 11, 11 years. I was actually in San Diego for eight of those years. I was on a ship for four then a clinic for four. And then I lived in Japan, actually my last three, which was the best place on earth. <laughs> <laughs> Let me think. Okay. So when I got out, so I got out of the military to go to school. That was my intention because when I, so I think one benefit sidebar really quick, one benefit of me going to the military was it let me figure out what I wanted to do. Because if I would have gone to college straight out of high school, I probably would have switched majors like eight times because I had no idea what I wanted to do. When I decided to get out of the military, I had a school in mind. I had a degree plan in mind. I knew what I wanted to do with myself. And so I applied for this creative school here in San Diego. It's called the Fashion Institute of Design. And they had a degree program specifically. It's called digital communications, but basically it's just merchandising. So if you go in any store, you go in Ikea, you go in any furniture store and it's set up like somebody's place, that's what I do. People who do window displays, that's the kind of stuff that I do. When you see ads in like magazines or commercials or stuff that looks nice and it looks put together by somebody, that would be what my job was. And so I went to school for that. And then I also ended up getting my bachelor's degree in business management. And so after I did that, I got a job here at this store in San Diego called Living Spaces, which was a furniture store. They hired me to be a merchandiser there. It was me and one other girl. And so we were responsible for the whole showroom, just making sure it looked nice at all times, make people want to buy stuff, basically. <laughs> and so I did that there for three years. Yeah, three years there. Then I got recruited by Target to come and do um, the same thing for them. And then I was there for a year and then I got a job at Ikea, which is the holy grail of all of them. For almost a year up until I actually ended up getting really sick in 2016. So I had to quit my job in 2017. But up until then, that's pretty much what I did. So that's basically everything in the shortest version possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's a long, that's a long it's way. a lot <laughs> well I have to think that covers like 38 years essentially or at least 36 yeah <laughs> and also um you, you lived in Japan for two years no three, three years yeah three years three years while you were there you said you also had had a business there right yes Yes. So Tell us about it. I, I actually used to, well, I still cook a lot. I've always cooked my whole life. Since I was a little kid, my mom, my grandparents, they were all super into cooking and baking and all that stuff. So I was in the kitchen a lot of times and that's pretty much where I picked up most of my skills. And then obviously just as an adult, having to eat for myself, <laughs> I needed to know how to cook. <laughs> and especially once I went overseas to Japan, because or not even just there. A lot of times, if you don't know how to cook, then you're kind of stuck with whatever. And so I basically had to kind of learn how. And so when I got to Japan, I would cook for myself a lot of times. Or anytime we had any group functions, potlucks, anything like that, I would cook. And so I started getting a lot of people that would ask me, not necessarily to cook for them, but they're like, hey, we're having a potluck on the Friday can you make extra of so-and-so so I can take some home? I'm like, okay, cool. 
But then that started to happen a lot of times. And so <laughs> it would turn into me ended up making like a whole separate thing of whatever food just for people to take because they asked me for extra. And so I kind of saw that there's this place because we lived overseas and obviously there's a lot of food that we a lot of American food that you don't have access to over there unless you can make it yourself. I mean, they have the typical, you know, McDonald's, Taco Bell, all that kind of stuff. But if you want actual home cooked food as an American, there's not a lot of options if you don't know how to do it yourself. And so that pretty much is where my business kind of came from. I got asked by a couple people to cater parties for them because they were having birthday parties for their kids or graduations or whatever. And they wanted American food. And so that pretty much is where my business started. And it's funny because I ended up later starting a baking business. But when I had my catering business, I started it with one of my coworkers slash friends who was in the military with me. She was the baker and I was the person who cooked. So it's funny that I ended up later <laughs> with a baking business because that wasn't that wasn't what I did. Not for business. I would bake here and there. But but yeah, that was pretty much how my business got started. It wasn't intentional. I had no plans on doing it initially, but that's pretty much where it came from. Yeah, you served the niche. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody who's always talking about that niche. That's that's it. That <laughs> Everybody always wants to know what's a niche. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> you need something, you figure out how to do it, and that's your way in right there. And then later on, yeah, you had the bakery business. Tell us about that. Wow. So in 2013, I think it was, it was kind of a lot of the same thing. I would bake a lot for friends and family. I would always bring whatever to events and stuff like that. And so people, the same thing, they will ask me, hey, my kid's having a birthday party or, oh, it's my baby shower. Can you help me out? Can you make a cake or make some cookies or whatever? And so I was doing that for a while. And then I was like, maybe I should try to do this because people keep asking. And the other thing about that, I will always do all that stuff for free. I never charged people for that back then. So I was baking all these cakes and doing all these dessert tables and all kinds of craziness. I would spend my money because it's not free to make that stuff. But <laughs> I, but that's how much I loved it. I, I, I loved it that much that I was willing to, to spend my money. It's almost the same thing with like, yeah, my design stuff, anything. I was willing to buy all the stuff because I loved it that much. I would do it for free. That's how I feel about decorating and all that stuff too. If I could do that job forever and money was not a worry, I would do it for free. That's how much I like doing it. But so, yeah, I never charged any of those people. I just did it because I like to do it. And so eventually I was like, okay, people keep asking me for this because I always saw it as, oh, these are my friends or my family. And they kind of, not they have to like what I do, but sometimes your friends and your family, it's like, they, okay. Did you used to watch American Idol like way back in the day? No. Okay. <laughs> Well, so they, they would do these auditions with people, right? And these people would be terrible. But their families, they're like, well, my my family always said I sounded good and all this stuff. And so sometimes you, you get this sense of like, man, I'm really good at this because your family and your friends have been telling you they don't want to hurt your feelings and tell you that you suck at it. And so... <laughs> and so I kind of was like, well, it's always my friends and family who are the ones who you know, tell me like, oh, this is really good. This tastes good. It's pretty, blah, blah, blah. And not to completely blow off what they say, but at some point, it's like, you guys, you care about me and my feelings. So you might not tell me if it's terrible. <laughs> but when I started to get people outside of my relatives and friends, like people I didn't even know, then it was like, okay, maybe, maybe this is something. And so I started, yeah, I started baking for strangers, essentially. <laughs> and one of the first people that I did bake a cake for, she ended up liking the cake so much. She's like, hey, because she had, I think she had like five kids and their birthdays were all kind of really close together. And I made a cake for the one kid first and she liked the cake. And she's like, well, hey, my other son, his birthday is, is in a month. And he I forgot the theme of it, but she's like, can you do a whole dessert table for his party? And so I said, sure. And that pretty much is how my business started, essentially, <laughs> was from that lady and her son basically asking me to do a dessert table. And so then I started doing the whole thing. I was doing cakes. I did uh, weddings, all kinds of stuff. My first wedding cake was, it was so cool. I was terrified, but it came out great. 
a lot of it was just kind of learn as you go, honestly, because I didn't know what I was doing because I had no plans on starting that business. It was just kind of somebody asked. And so I said, OK, and then I figured stuff out as I went along, which is pretty much what I'm doing with this business now. too. <laughs> <laughs> so that seems to be a running thing, a theme in my life is just kind of start doing something and then you figure it out as you go along the way. Yeah, and I think that is so important because oftentimes when we start businesses, we really think everything or we try to think everything through till the end. But yeah. sometimes you just have to start and you have to start working and you have to give your your stuff out for free and the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. Because like that you get clients mm -hmm. and they will refer you and then you can start charging and then you can charge more. Then you do more clients. But you have to put yourself out there first yeah. in order to recognize exactly. otherwise. I think yeah. a lot of people, even now I get asked a lot of questions where people are like, Oh, you've had a business. How did you do this? How did you start? I have this idea, but I'm too scared to start or I don't know everything, so I don't want to start or whatever. And it's like, I didn't know what I was doing. But it's like you said, if you don't ever try, nobody's going to know that you do that. You might be the best cook on earth and nobody will ever know because you never give anybody any of your food. You know what I mean? And so I get being scared and all of that stuff. But for me, I guess the biggest thing is I'm more scared of being 70, 80 years old and looking back at my life and being like, man, I wonder what would have happened if I tried this or man, I wish I would have done that. I'm That is what scares me more than trying because I can try and fail at something. All right, cool. That didn't work out. Let me move on to the next thing. <laughs> like As long as I'm able to pay my bills and not end up homeless, not end up hungry, what, what does it hurt you to try? Try it. If it. And because, yeah, it could turn out negative. It could fail. It could be all these things, but it could go the opposite way and you could end up with some amazing opportunity that you wouldn't have ever had if you didn't try it. Try people. Try. Yeah, I think this is a really important perspective to switch around, to look into the future, not from your, your current situation. And then we start overthinking, okay, this might happen, this might happen. But to put yourself into your 70-year-old self or your 80-year-old self, and looking back onto your life and saying, okay, would I regret doing yeah, that? You yeah. know, this is, I think, a way better of a perspective to mm -hmm. just start doing things. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of that honestly came from talking to my, my grandparents, honestly. And also, when I, I remember when I was in high school, I, I was in this program basically for people who wanted to go into the medical field. So we did rotations at a hospital, but one of those rotations, I ended up being with a lot of elderly patients, but between them and my grandma or grandparents, not just her, a lot of them, that's the stuff that they would talk about is if they had regrets, certain things that, oh, I wish I'd done this, or I wish I'd tried that. And so I was just thinking, I don't, I don't ever want, because I, I feel like that's a terrible feeling to have, because at that point, there's nothing you can do about it. You're not going to start a company at 75, 80 years old. Not to say that it's impossible, but at that point, you're kind of winding down. You want to just chill and have your hobbies and your friends and eat lunch and take naps and whatever, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? And so I just, I don't ever want to look back at something and be like, I wonder what if, or I, no, that's, that's awful to me because a lot of people, yeah. sometimes I feel like they get stuck in that. And so even people like my age, people younger that let's say they had this, you know, opportunity to go to college and play football. And for whatever reason, they ended up not going. And so now they're always, <clears throat> looking back at their life let's like if they're working at some factory now and they're like man I could have been in the NFL if I would have done blah 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 and so that makes you miserable in your present life always thinking about what you should have done in the past it's just all bad so <laughs> yeah yeah and most of the times when we look back that it's the most scariest situations that we had that actually we never ever regret <laughs> mm -hmm. exactly so. <laughs> Yeah, you can actually even do it from your perspective now and look back on your past mm -hmm. life and think, okay, yeah. what are the things I was brave that I did and that I really don't regret and what are the things mm -hmm. that I didn't do that I regret? Let's talk about a little bit about, not just a little bit, let's talk about your company. <laughs> 
technique <laughs> okay. as well. <laughs> What's the story behind it? How how did it come to life? After I got out of the military, when I decided to go to that school that I mentioned, the school is here. They have different branches. There's one I think here, San Diego. LA and San Francisco, if I'm not mistaken, that's the campuses, or maybe Orange County too. So there's four, I think. But the first year I did here in San Diego, but for the second year, you actually have to go up to LA and do it up there. Okay. First of all, when I went to college, I think I was like 28. So everybody else there was 18, 19 years old. So I was the old lady in class, essentially. (laughs) A lot of them, you know, they had just graduated high school and stuff. And so when we finished the first year, they all were like, yeah, we're moving to L.A. We're going to live in the dorms and do all this stuff. I was a grown up at that point. And so (laughs) I wasn't trying to move my entire life. You know, I had a job. I had all this stuff. And so I didn't want to move to L.A. So I was like, "Okay, I'll just take the train up and down every week, which it was fine with me. I took the Amtrak. It was like a three hour ride, I think, each way during my train rides up there. I will always just come up with these ideas I didn't know what they were for at the time any person that you know that's a creative type person they usually just get inspiration from literally anywhere like you could be eating pizza and be like man look how these pepperonis are on here this would be a cool design or I like this color or whatever like it comes from everywhere (laughs) years ago I started carrying around a notebook with me just for stuff like that I will always write it down and that's pretty much what was happening with t-shirt designs I would just draw this stuff or write it down in a notebook with no intentions on what to use it for. I just, I needed to get it out of my mind. And so I will put it in the notebook just to, to let it go. And one of the designs, I thought it was really cool. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to print this on a shirt for myself just to wear again, no intentions of starting a company. I like the design for me. So I went to this t-shirt company here and got two of them made for myself. Basically. Yeah. Anytime I will wear that shirt, just basically women will always asked me where I got it from. And I'm like, yeah, I just, I made it for myself. I don't have any. And that pretty much, and I was like, okay, well, that's just one shirt. And maybe I just ran into some people who liked it. It's not a big deal. So then I did the same thing with a different shirt and the same thing happened again. It's like, where did you get that? I want one. I even had people that would give me their, like their email addresses. Cause they're like, if you ever start selling these, can you email me? Cause I want to buy one from you. So then I was like, maybe this is something (laughs) um and that pretty much is how it kind of again the same thing all this stuff was never in my plans the catering business the baking business this business I never set out with the intention what my plan was actually was to have an empire like Martha Stewart that was my plan in life and I still want to do it but the cooking the baking the home decor and cookbooks and all that stuff is what I wanted to do with my life And so it's just funny how I ended up in all these other places because of other people being like, hey, I like this thing that you do. Can you do it for me, too? And I'll pay you. (laughs) And that pretty (laughs) much is how my my shirt company started. And so I started it. But then I had this notebook with like 200 design ideas in it all ready to go. You know what I mean? A lot of times it's the other way where people will decide I want to start a T-shirt company. Let me sit down and do some designs, whereas I already had all these designs ready. I just had no plans on starting a business with. Yeah, that's pretty much where it, <laughs> where it came from. How was the process? Did you draw it digitally later on, or um, is it a hand design that you? No, they're all they're all done on the computer. Basically, what I do is in my notebook, I'll write it down and draw it the way that I want it to look and all that stuff, and then it gets actually made in um, Illustrator, Adobe mm-hmm. Illustrator, basically. Then from there, it turns into a digital file. I send that file to my printer and then he prints it out pretty much. Later on, though, I do want to do some where it's like something that I drew probably. And I'll still do the same thing, turn it into a digital file or whatever. Because right now, a lot of my designs are words or like little simple pictures and stuff. One color, kind of basic things. But later down the line, I plan to do more designs, more colors, more intricate kind of things. But for me being a small business quick lesson if you plan on starting a t-shirt business (laughs) they charge you based on the amount of colors and then the design that you have so the the simpler your design so like this shirt is a black shirt with white writing that's simple it's cheap there's let me grab one of these oh that's the collection in the background (laughs) so my inventory is right there 
but a shirt like this one because it has so many colors in it so i think yeah. if i'm not mistaken it's like six different colors in this shirt and so when you get the shirts like this one that are plain because they have minimums a lot of times when you order from from printers they're not going to just print you one shirt at a time they have you know 12 24 36 whatever that number goes up the number of colors you have in your shirt so if it's a one color design then the minimum is 12. If it's a two color design, it's 24, blah, blah, blah. On up to something like this, where it's like a 76 minimum or something like that because it has so many colors. And they do that just because on their end, it's more work for them to print a shirt like this because of all the colors. They have to sit and put each individual color and then print it versus something like this where it's just one. Yeah, later on when I'm a bigger company, when I'm making more money, when I have the resources to do it, then I plan to do more designs with more colors, more detail, all that stuff. But right now, a lot of the reason why my designs are kind of simpler is because, well, one, I just wanted to make sure they would translate okay, because there's some stuff that I might think that's a cool design, but when you see it on a shirt, it's like, that's not a good idea. And so now I've kind of figured out what works, especially for my brand. Like a lot of my shirts are these kind of definition type shirts because people like those. And so that's kind of where I've gone is I think I have maybe like five different designs like this. Yeah. But later on, I plan to do crazier stuff. But right now it's just simple. <laughs> where did your name come from? Basically, I was trying to, to figure out a name for my company. My baking business is actually named after me. My baking, my, So my, my middle name is Nicole. So my name is Latoya Nicole. My initials are LNC. So it's called Latoya Nicole Creations which is also my actual initials because my last name starts with a C. When I started my t-shirt business, I was like, okay, well, I can't use my name in any kind of way. And I really didn't want to because I didn't want this business to be personal or like tied to me in that way. I wanted it to be its own thing. Then I was trying for probably like two or three months to figure out a name. So I was coming up with all kinds of crap. And one day I was driving home. This is when I was working at Target. <laughs> I was driving home from work. <laughs> I was in traffic on the freeway and I got something in my eye. I had an eyelash in my eye, right? So I pulled down my visor and then I looked at myself and I saw the glasses and I, I made some lame joke to myself because I was in the car alone and I started laughing. I was like, man, I'm a freaking geek. And then I'm like, wait, that's a good idea. <laughs> and so um, that pretty much is how the name came about. Just, I figured out a word that rhymed with i knew i wanted to geek in the title because of how i am and i also wear glasses i'm wearing contacts right now because i have light in here and i didn't want the glare on my face but usually i wear glasses i've worn glasses my entire life when people see me that's just kind of they know blue hair glasses that's what i look like all the time <laughs> that pretty much is where the name came from honestly just it was describing it was like a way to have me personally be in my business but not name it after myself when i talk about myself I could say I'm a chic geek because I'm super into fashion. I like dressing. I like all that kind of stuff anyway. But I'm also, I am actually a geek. I love to read. I love cartoons. I love video games. I like all that stuff. And so my business name is me without it being named after necessarily. You know what I mean? But I feel like that could yeah. describe a lot of people. And I also didn't want it to be something where it's like, if I, if I name my company Latoya's T-shirts, and then I decided later on, okay, I want to sell shoes or I want to sell socks or whatever. And it's kind of like, okay, but you said your business name is T-shirts. And so why are you doing all this other stuff? Whereas Sheet Geek Apparel, that could be whatever. Shirts, hats, socks, accessories, whatever. And so I wanted to make sure I didn't box myself in either with whatever name I decided to pick, which is also why Latoya Nicole Creations is named what it is. It's not named Latoya's Bakery, Latoya's Cookies, Latoya any of that stuff for the same reason because I started out with cakes and cupcakes but I wanted to do cookies or dessert tables or eventually my Martha Stewart empire I could still do that with that business because it just says creations yeah that's pretty much it that's a really good insight to look ahead okay where not just what what am I doing now but where do I want to go and build my name fit to my end goal where I mm -hmm. want to be that is also super great business advice. But business is not just this whole technical stuff. It's also, we talked a lot about mindset before. Mm -hmm. Business is this huge thing about mindset. You really had a lot of struggles you told me about. 
Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you want to go in detail here. I leave that up to you. I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit then about why you left IKEA and how you managed to sustain such a positive mindset still to this day. So I had to leave my IKEA job because at the end of 2016, I started having a bunch of health issues. Like. A bunch of health issues and at the time i didn't know what it was but i thought it was going to blow over because it's like i've been healthy my whole life and so i just figured oh maybe i don't know what it is but they'll figure this out it'll get fixed and then i can move on with my life is what i initially thought so i asked for a small leave of absence from my job i think like a couple weeks maybe just to you know get some doctor's appointments figure out what was wrong and then the plan was to go back and then a couple of weeks turned into a month and then a couple of months. And then eventually I figured out, okay, I'm not going to be able to go back to work because I started to get worse and I felt bad physically. But one of the biggest issues I had was my hands were pretty much numb. My hands would go dead. They would shake a lot. Okay. Backwards. I was in a car accident like 15 years ago, 14 years ago, something like that. I was in a car accident. When I had that car accident, my back got messed up it's still messed up so i have pinched nerves herniated discs bulging discs i have the spine of like an 80 year old athlete <laughs> from that car accident essentially and so right after the accident for about five or six weeks my hands didn't work and so i couldn't really do anything writing feeding myself unbuttoning my pants combing my hair i couldn't do any of that for myself because my hands were they were just dead like they they couldn't do anything but they told me that it was pretty much probably a result of my accident and then that my spine was being compressed in certain areas and it was pressing my nerves, which was making my hands go dead. And basically that eventually the feeling would probably come back, which it did. But I would still have these random episodes where my hands would go numb or they would be really painful or whatever. But it never stopped me from doing anything. Fast forward to 2016, though, they went dead and then they just kind of stayed like that for I think three weeks the first time it happened. And so I had to go get all these appointments and I was going to physical therapy and occupational therapy because for the occupational therapy, if anybody doesn't know, that therapy is basically to reteach or teach you how to do certain things. And so I had to learn how to be able to hold this, you know, hold a cup or hold a pen or do all this. I had to relearn that because my hands were dead. I couldn't use them at all. But they're still in the midst of that trying to figure out what's actually wrong with me because nobody knew what was going on. So yeah, I had that. I had to quit my job because of it. Obviously, I said I worked at IKEA. I did the displays and all that stuff. A lot of my job was assembling furniture, painting, decorating, moving furniture, setting up displays. None of that is possible if your hands don't <laughs> work. And so <laughs> I ended up resigning from my job because I, I just felt like it wasn't fair to my coworkers. They were holding my position for me, but they had to take over all of my work, all my departments, everything that I couldn't do while I was, you know, on, on my leave of absence. Just to be fair to them, and because I didn't know what was going on with me, I quit my job, which hurt my feelings because I lo I loved what I did, and I worked really hard to get there. And IKEA is a really hard company as far as visuals goes to get into because nobody ever quits. My coworker that helped me get in there, she had been there. She was the youngest, most junior person, and she had been there like six years. Everybody else, 15 plus years. Nobody leaves. It took a lot. For me to get that job was a big deal because of the amount that goes into it. So I was really upset about that. But I had to quit that job because of my health. So then 2017, 18, 19 pretty much was just a struggle of figuring out what's wrong with me. Um, I actually got diagnosed in 2017 with Lyme disease. And I was like, okay, well, whatever. It made sense with the symptoms. Everything kind of matched up, even though I couldn't tell how I got it, supposedly. I was like, okay, that's fine. So I was getting treated for that for like a year and a half. I was going to these different appointments with a rheumatologist, taking these different antibiotics, super strong medicine to basically kill everything in my body because you have certain, you know, bacteria and stuff that you're supposed to have. But these medicines kill everything because they want to get rid of the bad stuff, but they can't just kill the bad ones without the good ones. So they kill them all, which is not good because then that makes your immune system weaker because now you don't have anything in your body to fight off stuff that's not supposed to be there. So I'm taking all this crap, doing all these appointments for a year and a half, only to later get told, you don't have Lyme disease. I'm like, what? <laughs> So I just spent a year and a half doing all these appointments, therapies, taking all these drugs, 
for no reason, basically. And so I feel like that too definitely has had an effect on my on my system because I spent almost two years taking this stuff that kills everything in your system. And so now I have problems still. Like, okay, so the point of all of that is I never got actual answers. I still don't actually know what's wrong with me. No idea. I'm sure that didn't help, <laughs> but I still don't know what's wrong. It's, I still have my hand issues. I still have like issues with my body and all that stuff. And then I had like some deaths in my family. My brother passed away. Obviously, I was not working. And so then I had a lot of financial struggles because I didn't have a job. I couldn't do a job because my hands didn't work. There's no job that exists really that you don't need your hands for other than like a mannequin or something. <laughs> and yeah, then it was, you know, physical struggles, financial struggles, just kind of always being worried. How am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to do this? On top of being sick, I'm sure that didn't help either. Take all of that stuff. And that was the last few years of my life. Deaths in my family, physical situations, not having a job, having to worry about finances all the time. And it was just this swirl of crap. <laughs> I don't know a better way to say it. I know you mentioned about, oh, like, how did you stay strong and keep your, but for, I'm not even going to lie and act like, oh, it was just this pillar of strength when all that was going on. I, that probably was some of the lowest times in my life, if I'm going to be all the way honest, because everything about me got taken away from me. So I was always somebody who had a full-time job since I was 18 years old. I think when all this started, I was 30, 35, 36 years old. So 20 plus years of working my whole life. And then now I can't work. So that got taken away. I was always somebody who was super active. I played sports. I worked out five, six days a week. That got taken away. Then I was this creative person that was able to build and design and paint and do all this stuff with my hands. That got taken away. <laughs> and then you have this person who's, you know, social. I had a social life. I had friends. I threw parties. I did all that stuff. That got taken away. Literally everything about me was out the window. So now I'm just this like, oh, I forgot to say that. Whatever this mystery illness is, I also gained 60 pounds in two months from it. So that was that too. You know, I was... All of that was gone. And so now I went from this busy, full-time employed person who was in school with a social life and friends running a business to this person who is overweight, in pain, miserable, depressed all the time, pretty much. There was definitely a point. I'm not going to say that I was like suicidal because I wasn't per se, but I definitely woke up a lot of days really pissed off that I woke up because I'm like, why am I still here? Why don't you? Yeah, I wasn't going to do anything to, you know, like kill myself, but I definitely would be pissed when I would wake up. Like, why am I still here? Like, I should have just died in my sleep because this sucks. Like, <laughs> I don't know a better way to say it. This sucks. It's terrible. Why is this happening to me? I didn't understand it. And then because I couldn't get any answers and I know a lot and I'm not I'm not talking crap about doctors because I worked in the medical field. I think people in that field are amazing. But if you guys ever notice when people say, oh, somebody's a doctor, that they're practicing medicine, it's a practice because they don't have all the answers. They don't know everything yet. So I spent three years essentially going to all these people to be told, we don't really know what's wrong with you. Well, you don't look like you say you feel and maybe nothing's wrong. I got, well, you're too young to have the problems that you're telling us you have. I got... No lie from an older male doctor. And this is what we were talking about earlier with the whole radical feminist and people blowing off what you say. Basically, he told me that maybe it was just me being overly emotional, essentially. And that's what was wrong with me. Not that physically something was wrong. This is a doctor who said this to me. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm telling you that my, my hands don't work. I'm telling you that I'm in pain. I'm telling you all these things I can't do. And your answer is... Oh, you just, you're just, it's just your feelings. Like nothing's wrong with you. When you have something like that and you have all these physical issues and you get told basically there's nothing wrong with you. You're fine. We can't help you. We don't know what's wrong. Maybe you're just being emotional. Maybe it's just psychosomatic. Maybe it's just, that stuff starts to weigh on you because then you're like, maybe I am crazy. Maybe it's not as bad as I think it is. Maybe, you know, I'm just making all this up. Maybe it's all in my head. It's not all in my head. I know it's not all in my head. <laughs> but all of that, plus how I felt, plus, you know, the financial thing, plus losing my job, plus being 60 pounds heavier, 
all that together just took a toll on me mentally. And so the last doctor's appointment that I had was the end of, it was December, 2018. I remember it because this was the last person. He was a neurologist and he was trying to find out about my hands. So he came in, did these tests, looked at me and basically was like, so my hands shake sometimes. I don't know if you can see. It's very little now, but sometimes they'll be shaking like this to where I can't even hold on to stuff. And I remember the day I had that appointment, my hands were shaking, kind of like how they are now, just a little bit. He does these tests and looks at my hands and whatever. And then he says, this dude's like 70 easily. He's like, well, your hands aren't shaking that bad today. So there's really nothing I would do for you as far as treatment goes. And I said, your hands don't shake at all, though. So don't you think that's weird? And he's like, well, they're not bad today. And you can still do the things that you need to do. As he was talking, I grabbed my backpack. I got up and I walked out of the appointment because he pissed me off. So to avoid me cursing him out, I just grabbed my stuff and I left. I decided that day I'm done for a while trying to figure out what's actually wrong with me. I'm done with doctors. I'm done with people trying to make me feel like I'm making this up, treating me like I'm lying. I'm done for a while. I said what I was going to do was just work on the stuff I could do something about. I can control me losing weight. So I stopped taking pretty much every pill that they gave me. I started walking a few miles a day every day. I started drinking more water. And then I said I wanted to work on my mental health. I reached out because I'm obviously a veteran. I reached out to the VA about um, getting therapy for a variety of reasons. I wanted therapy for what was going on with me at the moment. And so they hooked me up with a therapist for people with chronic illnesses. I wanted a therapist to deal with. So I have a lot of things that happened to me as a child and as an adult too, like sexual trauma type deals that have affected me because I never dealt with them. That's the other thing. So a lot of my childhood that happened to me and I never dealt with it. I just kind of pushed it to the back of my mind and went on with my life. But as you can imagine, at some point that stuff's going to come out or it does come out in other ways, even if you don't know that that's what it is. So I wanted a therapist to deal with that. That's what I did. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to work on me and the stuff I can control. Forget these doctors, forget all these people. So I started walking and doing my exercises and going to therapy and journaling. That was another thing. Well, I couldn't journal because my hands, but I have a gratitude journal. And for the days that I, I couldn't physically write, I was just every morning. So now since then, that's been about a year and a half. I wake up every day and before I pick up my phone, before I do any of that stuff, I just think about a couple things that I'm grateful for that day. Even if it's, man, I'm grateful that my AC works because it's hot outside today. I don't care how trivial and stupid it seems. I try to find gratitude in whatever, because as trivial as it seems that, oh, I'm thankful for my AC. There's people who don't have AC. There's people who don't have houses. I'm grateful for my AC. I'm grateful for the fact that despite all the stuff I told you I've been through, despite losing a job and not working and health issues and all this stuff, I have never been homeless. I have never had to, you know, go without food or be worried about like, man, I'm about to get kicked out or I have to sleep in my car or whatever. I've definitely had some struggles. I definitely had my car repossessed two times <laughs> because I couldn't pay my car note, but I still have it. And now it's paid off. And I'm again, not homeless and I'm, I'm fairly stable and I'm okay. All things considered, I'm okay. And so it was just a matter of trying to find the good. Like it would be super easy if I wanted to sit around and think those days about the shitty parts like man my hands don't work man i gained 60 pounds and i don't look how i used to look i don't have a job i'm not in school anymore i can't see my friends anymore i don't have money to hang out i, I could definitely sit and dwell on the negatives absolutely even now still <laughs> but i felt like a big piece of me getting better and also just trying to get myself out of the hole that i was in would be working on me and getting my mind together so that no matter what came afterwards, even if I saw 50 doctors and all 50 of them told me I was crazy, mentally, I was good. Like, I know I'm not crazy. And okay, doctor, you said that, but I have the, the stability in myself to be able to blow off what you say and go find somebody else rather than just take it as something's wrong with me because this guy doesn't believe me or whatever. A lot of it was just me feeling better about myself as a person, me having that confidence in myself kind of building myself back up. Because like I said, the person I was before, all of that went away. Everything about me is gone now. That girl does not exist anymore. She just doesn't. And so it was just basically a matter of me rebuilding and retraining myself to like, okay, this is your life now. So you need to figure out how to make you work in this new life. Old me 
would be running a mile a minute, doing 15 different things. I'm going to school and I had, I was in college. I forgot to mention that. When I had my two businesses, I was also working full time. I was also in school to do my master's degree. I had to stop doing that too. So old me had two businesses, was a full-time employee, a full-time student, had a social life, had all this stuff. Then I got sick and all that went away. So now it's like, okay, figure out your new life. So now it's a matter of knowing not to push myself, knowing that, okay, if I have 10 things on my to-do list today and I only get five done, that's five things that I did today. Old me would have been like, you only did five things today and you should have done 10. Now it's like, I'm happy I was able to do the five because I feel like crap today, but I still did five things. And so just being able to talk to myself, not beat myself up, because I feel like with a lot of us, we're our own, people say that all the time, we're our own biggest critics. And it's true because nobody would tell me I was lazy for doing only five things, but I would take that on myself and tell myself you're being lazy because you didn't do this or you didn't do that. Just really a matter of relearning how to live my life basically with the stuff that I have going on. My hands don't always work. No matter how pissed I get about it, no matter how sad I get about it, no matter how angry I am, they're still not going to work. So me sitting here being pissed all day about my hands not working does absolutely nothing. The days that I feel bad, I lay down and I rest. I would have tried before to push through it, which probably will make me feel worse the next day because I already felt like crap and then I pushed myself. So now I feel even worse. Now I take a day off and I just chill because I know me doing that will allow me the next day to do the stuff that I need to do. It's, it's been an adjustment. It's still an adjustment, honestly, because I am the way I am. I'm super competitive. I, I like to work. I like to be active. That's just how I'm built. I'm not really a lay around all day and do nothing type of person. That's just not who I am. It's been really hard to, to do that. <laughs> And even some of the days when I say, okay, I'm going to lay around and do nothing, I still might come in here and do something small, but I just basically have had to learn like, okay, you can't do everything anymore. That's just not who you are. It doesn't mean I'm lazy or it doesn't mean I'm less than what I was before. I'm just different. I'm not the same person, but it doesn't mean that I'm weaker than I was before, or I'm lazier than I was before or anything like that. It just means that circumstances have changed and so I've had to readjust how I live my life based on those circumstances rather than just taking it as oh well this is my life I'm just gonna let whatever happens happens like screw that because no that goes back to my regrets thing I'm not gonna even though I have my physical issues even though my hands don't always work even with all of that I'm still gonna try and if it works out great and if it doesn't then I'll move on to something else but I am not gonna just sit and wait wait on life to happen to me. And if it doesn't happen, just sit around bitter and miserable about my hands don't work and I'm in pain and I'm this and I'm that. Screw all of that. Yeah, they do hurt. And yeah, I am in pain, but I'm still going to do this photo shoot. I'm still going to do this event. I'm still going to take these product pictures. I'm still going to work on my website. I'm still going to post on my Instagram or whatever the case may be. Like you can use the stuff that happens as an excuse, or you can use it as fuel essentially to move you to something else. Like, and that's just what I've chosen to do with it instead of sitting around being sad and feeling sorry. I definitely have my feel sorry days. I still have them sometimes, but I have them. Then I shake that shit off and then I do something else. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't just sit around crying for days on end, being sad about what happened to me and why did this happen and why are my hands like this? And nah, because it serves no purpose ultimately, other than keeping you miserable. And life is too short. If I know nothing else, my brother died when he was 23 years old. He was fine. And then he was dead the next day. Like life is short. There's no point in doing anything that keeps you miserable. There's no point in dwelling on things you can't change. There's no point in being around people who are terrible for your mental health. That includes family because life's too short. Why waste it being sad and miserable and angry and whatever else? Like I know that I could not be here tomorrow and I don't want to waste the time that I do have here being miserable, you know, and being angry and being bitter at the world because of my circumstances. It's just, it's a waste. I feel like it's a waste. Some people are like that because I've definitely met people. I've been in different groups for like people with chronic illnesses and stuff like that. And I've, and not to say that they're not justified in their feelings because you absolutely are. But I've met people who all they want to talk about is their their illness like what's wrong with them and what they can't do and all this stuff and 
that's just not how I am. I'm not that person. Yeah, I've had to just try to figure figure out me in this new in this new life, or just make a new life for myself, basically, and also be willing to speak up when I don't feel good. I tell people that, so my friends understand. I have a great circle of friends and family that if it's a day, if you ask me to lunch tomorrow and I say yes, and then you call me tomorrow and like, hey, are we still on for lunch? And I'm like, I don't. I woke up today and I really don't feel good. Old me would have just pushed through it and went anyway. Now I could just be like, I don't feel good. So can we reschedule? And I don't feel bad about it because it's like, I can't do anything about how I feel. If I could control it, I would not feel, I would be A1. I would be healthy. I would be back in shape. My hands will work. I can't control this. It's just like, you have to be willing to speak up for yourself. Even if you feel like people are going to get pissed or be upset with me, if they really care and they're good people, they won't because they understand. There's not a friend or family member that I've had to either reschedule something or cancel something or not be able to help them with something because of how I felt physically. Nobody has ever made me feel like crap about it. Nobody's ever been like, oh, man, you're always canceling on me or you were supposed to help me with this and you couldn't. They never make me feel like that. I'm super grateful for them. That's something I've actually written in my gratitude journal that (laughs) I'm grateful for my friends and my family because I definitely excuse me, wouldn't have been able to make it through the last couple of years. Financially, they have been there for me. Like they're the reason why I still have my car because it definitely would have got repossessed and been gone forever. <laughs> but because <laughs> of these people in my life, I've been able to not be homeless and not starve to death and not lose my car and not lose my mind in all honesty. Because even though I had doctors telling me that nothing was wrong with me and I'm making this up, my friends and family know me. And so they saw the stuff I was going through. And they're like, even though these people are telling you this, we see, we know you're not lying. We believe you. We're here to support you. Tell us what we can do. Yeah, I'm I'm grateful for them. I love them all. Thank you guys if you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> that has been super intense. Thank you so much for this insight. And I think that brings a lot of inspiration to a lot of people in order to get through, because we're all going through something you to these times <laughs> oh. so um <laughs> you yeah. even you're stuck over there yeah <laughs> a lot of people can take a lot of value out of this to just wrap up this beautiful interview i have two questions left for you <laughs> the first question is do you have a female role model i have a lot of female role models i don't think i just have one <laughs> Because I have different people for different reasons. I would probably say my biggest ones would just be obviously my mother. <laughs> because <laughs> I I watched her raise us on her own. And all I don't have any kids. I've mentioned that. I have a dog. And even just having a dog is a lot of work. I can't <laughs> imagine having three children to raise on your own. It's crazy. But she did it. And I turned out fairly decent. So good job, mom. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I was just saying the women, the women in my life, definitely, I kind of take pieces from all of them. Um, My mom, my grandmas, my aunts, everybody has something that I've kind of pulled from, I feel like. And then just for people who aren't related to me, I would definitely say business wise, there's, yeah, there's just, there's a lot of people. I couldn't just point to you one person. I have people I like for specific reasons. And I feel like I pull from all of them and kind of use what they teach. Thank you so much. If you could leave a message to all the women in the world, what would it be? Probably just to believe in yourself before you look for it from anybody. Well, don't look for it from anybody else. You believe in you because that is what's going to push you forward. Because if you're looking for validation from people, you're never going to get it. You might always end up disappointed. But when you have that in yourself, like, I know I'm great. I know I'm worth whatever. I know I'm deserving of a good life. I know I'm worth healthy relationships. I know I'm worth whatever. Nobody can stop you, I feel like, because you have that. That that will be with you no matter where you go, whether you're in San Diego, you fly across the world to some business meeting, whatever, you have that. Have your own back and believe in yourself and take care of yourself. Self-care. Don't be afraid of ashamed to take care of you whether that's therapy whether that's going for a walk every day writing in your journal taking a bath every night with your candles and listening to your music 
whatever it is, don't be afraid to do it. Don't be afraid to tell people no. And no is a statement on its own. That's the other thing. You don't have to explain anything. <laughs> if somebody asks you to do something, you can just say no. And not, well, no, yeah. I can't because blah, blah, blah. Mm-mm, just no. That's okay. Thank you so much, Latoya. That was amazing. That was an amazing hour. We could even spent over an hour together. <laughs> that is wonderful. <laughs> and um, there's so much value in this conversation. Pimp yourself out. Where can everybody find it? <laughs> so my website and Instagram are both Chic Geek Apparel. My, yeah, Chic, C-H-I-C, Geek, like glasses, apparel, is my Instagram name and my website. I'm on my social media. I'm not going to say every day. I post every day, but I'm not actually on it every day. But (laughs) if you send me a message or whatever, send me an email, I'll get back to you. I'm not going to just ignore you. But yeah, hit me up on either one of those. Check out the website. If you need some shirts, I clearly have them. So (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. And I will also link it in the show notes. So everybody, get there. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for everybody who was watching. I saw some people being here the whole time. <laughs> that is awesome. And spending their, spending an hour of their day with us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good and, day. Yeah. <laughs> and you have a beautiful Sunday. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>